Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture, along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints, to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's first reading, we read from the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, if there's any one book that you need to read other than the Gospels and the Bible, it's the book of Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes, we learn some powerful lessons that we can apply in our life. It also lays a solid foundation for the moral as well as the spiritual life. Now, the passage that we hear today essentially is the very beginning of Ecclesiastes. Now, it's written in the voice of a person named Cubilath. Now, scripture scholars have identified this person as King Solomon. Now, remember, King Solomon was given by God the great gift of wisdom. He was the wisest person in the entire world. And so, Solomon is giving us wise advice about life that we can practically apply in our life. Now, notice what he says here. Vanity of vanities. All things are vanity. Now, we have to appreciate the context in which this is all set in. Solomon, right now, is an old man, and he's looking back at his life and how he lived his life. Now, Solomon lived a very full life. After all, he was a king, and as a king, He's seen it all, and he's done it all. As a king, his entire life, he had everything. He had wealth, luxury. He had fame, honor, power. Now he's coming to the end of his life. And he looks back at how he lived his whole life, and he says, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Well, he lived his life in vain. All of his personal accomplishments, and he did a lot, they all do not mean anything to him. 
Now he continues, For what profit comes to a man from all toil and anxiety of heart with which he labored under the sun? Now notice that juxtaposition. Solomon now looks out into the world, and he sees people slaving away. He sees people essentially living the same life he lived when he was younger, spinning their wheels, trying to get ahead, trying to be successful, and taking things for granted. And he says, it's all in vain. Now he looks at himself, and he says, All his days are sorrow and grief are his occupation. Even at night, his mind is not at rest. Well, Solomon takes a deep, long look at himself and how he lived his life. And he sees how his ego essentially directed everything in his whole life. Worse yet, he can't sleep. Why? Because he's constantly obsessing about himself in relationship to others in this world. How do the people perceive me? What do the people think about me? Now, he mentions that term under the sun. Now, when you read the entire book of Ecclesiastes, you'll see that repeated often, that phrase, under the sun. Well, he's referring to essentially the world. Literally, we are the world under the sun. But more importantly, basically he's telling us that there's nothing in this world that will satisfy us. Now, that's so true for Solomon. Remember, he's had it all, he's done it all, he's lived a life of privilege, he's had everything, and yet he says, it all means nothing. It's all in vain. So if there's anyone who knows the truth about this, it's Solomon. And here lies the heart of Solomon's message for us. If we're looking for something in this world that we think will make us happy, will satisfy us, will give us purpose and meaning in life, Solomon will tell us, you're not going to find it. Why? Because he never found it, and he had everything. And yet, what's the great temptation? To do just the opposite. To look into this world and say, you know, I think there's something out there that will give me happiness, that will give me purpose. Now remember again, the author, who we're listening to, Solomon, this is a person of great wisdom. But more importantly, or just as importantly, he was a man that had everything. He lived a life of privilege in a royal palace. All he had to do was snap his fingers and servants would come running, bringing him anything at all. Now, at the very end of his life, this wise old king says, it's all in vain. Everything that he had means nothing to him. Well, we really need to take this to heart, this message. Why? If this were a person, if Solomon were a person that never experienced life of privilege, an ordinary person, and we said, oh, vanity of vanities, all things are in vain, especially power, wealth, or honor. Well, we would say, you don't have much credibility, fella, because you never lived a life of privilege. You can't say that. But Solomon did. That's why his wisdom is equal to his credibility. Now, often I give that quote from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. If you ever read St. Augustine's book, The Confessions, which is another book I strongly recommend that you read during your lifetime, Augustine once said, Lord, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you, my God. 
Well, we were made for God. And that was very intentional. From the very beginning of time and space in this universe, God intentionally made us for himself. Therefore, only in God do we find happiness and purpose. Each and every one of us has a divine longing for the Lord in our life. What's the danger? To place that divine desire that we have for God onto something else. Well, we see that very clearly in our aspects of our culture. Just look at Hollywood, politicians. You know, they constantly choose power, wealth, fame, fortune, notoriety. And what happens? You see them fall, one after another after another. Their lives become miserable. You know, some of them end up with addictions or they go to jail. Worse yet, we always know when a Hollywood star has bottomed out. Why? Because the next thing that they do is they appear on Oprah's show and they confess their sins to Oprah. That's when we know a Hollywood star has truly bottomed out. And see, that's the great lesson that Solomon is trying to teach us. You could say it's a warning from King Solomon. Don't live your life like I did, such that at the end of your life, you look back and you say, it all means nothing. It was all in vain. Now, with that in mind, turn to the gospel. Jesus gives us the same lesson, but he does it in a different way, in the form of this parable. It says, There was a man whose land produced bountiful harvest, and he said to himself, I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. Well, what is he doing here? Well, he's hoarding his wealth to himself. That's why he has to build larger barns in order to essentially accumulate all of that wealth and store it. He doesn't want to share it. He doesn't practice stewardship or charity. He doesn't want to share his wealth with his family or his friends or his underprivileged. Next, he says to himself, eat, drink, and be merry. Well, now he's indulging in earthly pleasures. He's addicted to his wealth. Well, when we take that desire for the divine in our life and attach it to something else in this world, we will then become obsessed with that, whatever it is. Wealth, power, honor. I'll give you some examples. There's a person that says, you know, if I just get that promotion at work, if I just get that promotion, I'll get a higher raise in salary and then I'll be satisfied. Then I, I'll be happy. Or a couple. They say to themselves, you know, if we just get that house on the other side of town, then we're going to be happy. Then we'll be satisfied. We won't need anything else in life. So what do they do? They work and they work and they get it. They get the promotion and they get the house. And yet they have a little bit of happiness with those things, but then the happiness fades away. And guess what? They want more. And so the person says, you know, there's another promotion and their job opening at work. You know, if I just get that, then I'll be satisfied. Then I'll, then I'll be okay. Or the couple says, you know, if, if we just maybe add on to the house or maybe add on a four-car garage or maybe do some landscaping, then, then we'll be satisfied. Then we'll be happy. And so they continue to work hard and hard. They get it. And then the happiness fades away after a while. And they're in that perpetual loop. Well, we expect these things to give us purpose and meaning. 
well, we're just kidding ourselves. And that's what Jesus and Solomon are trying to teach us. Now, notice God's response to this man in the parable. He says to him, You fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, who will they belong to? See, that's the key. Life is about one thing and only one thing. Finding the greatest good, which is God himself. We all have an infinite desire for the divine in our life, and only God can satisfy that desire. And so we hook that desire onto God, and then we'll always have purpose, fulfillment, and meaning in life amidst the joys as well as the sorrows and the challenges of life. And I think that's the powerful message. Now, don't get me wrong. The things of this world Houses, cars, property, promotions, vacations, they're all good. There's nothing wrong with them. They're all gifts given to us by God. Therefore, we should enjoy them. But the moment they become the ultimate desire, other than God in our life, that's when we have deep problems, serious problems. A little later in this chapter from Luke, Jesus will say, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Well, the greatest treasure that we have is not in the things of this world. The greatest treasure that we have is our faith and our relationship with Christ. As long as we make that our treasure, then our souls will always be properly ordered. Better yet, our lives will not be in vain. At the end of our lives, we will have purpose and meaning in life, always through our relationship and our faith in Jesus Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.